Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I had been working in a garage for two years. It didn't pay much, just the food money, but that job was all I had. And I had got it after a lot of struggles, so I put up with it. I was just 18 at that time, and two years before that, I had run from my last foster home because the people who took me in were the worst kind of people. They didn't take care of me or any other children in the house and made us all do the heavy chores of the house. It was clear that they only did the fostering job for the money, so I had no choice but to run away. And ever since, I had been working hard to make it every other day with that job, and I was grateful. However, my life was not always like that. Not when my parents were still alive. But before we move on, like this video, hit that subscribe button, and activate the notification bell, and you will get $1,000 in the next 9 hours. Trust me, it works. I was such a happy child, especially because my parents took such good care of me. We lived in a small house, but they still gave me everything I needed and asked for. My dad would always ask me to help him around with cars he brought home to fix, which was more looking at what he does than helping, but we got to spend time together that way. But everything changed one day when I was nine. I was in my school waiting for my parents to pick me up, but they never came. Instead, some police officers came and took me in their car and explained to me how their car was in an accident and they were never coming back. I cried so much that day. Ever since then, I had been in the foster care system, going from home to home since I had no relatives or family after my parents. So the rough times of my life began. And so did my sad life story, and it didn't get any better afterward. It was definitely good to not have to put up with the mean foster parents, but life was still tough for me after I ran away. I went from place to place looking for a job to earn money, but no one was open to giving me one. You're too young, they would say, or you don't have the skills, which... I didn't because I never focused to be good at anything after my parents passed away. But my dad had left me with some skills when we spent time together fixing cars, and that was how I got the job at the garage. They didn't pay much because they couldn't afford a new worker themselves, but they saw me in need, so they gave me the job. Otherwise, I would have still been sleeping on the park bench like I did for so many nights. 
Later, after getting the job, I got a very small apartment on a rent-sharing basis with a guy, John. And let me tell you, he was the worst roommate ever. He made me do all the washing and cleaning around the house after my long day at work. And I did it, thinking maybe if I did all his work, he wouldn't mind if I'm a little late on my share of rent. But instead, he kicked me out. If you can't pay, there's plenty of room on the streets, he said before throwing out my stuff, which was not a lot. After that, I went to the only place that took me in, the garage. The daughter of the garage owner, Sheila, who was just my age, had been friends with me since I had joined. She convinced her father to let me stay in the small room in the storage area of the garage, and he did. Sometimes, she would give me some extra money from her savings so that I could have a decent lunch. I would give you more if I had it, Aaron, she would say, and I knew that she was the kindest person ever. So, like that, I started living in the garage, and it was fun working there as most of the guys that worked with me were just around my age. However, I didn't have the means and liberty to enjoy the things they enjoyed doing because they had their parents to support them, even if the job paid less. So I always had to reject them when they would ask me to come to a party with them as I couldn't afford to waste a second of my time. But one day, I decided to take a break and go to the party with them for a change. So I went to the party with the boys and it was a new experience for me, which was fun. I even met a girl, Gina, who seemed very interested in me. So we exchanged numbers and got on talking. After hearing my entire story, she just said, wait, you live in a garage? I work there during the day and sleep there, so yeah, I replied. So you're poor? She asked again. Yeah, I replied, and without saying anything, she just left and went on to talk to other guys. But just before I left the party, she came to me and said, please don't text or call the number I gave you. It'd be much better if you delete it, and left. After that, I never went to such parties. They really were a waste of time. So days passed like that and there were tough times and Sheila was my one true friend who was with me all through those times. Suddenly, after two and a half years of running away from my last foster home, something happened. My mean foster parents showed up at the garage out of nowhere. They told me that they were looking for me and they were so glad that they had finally found me. We have been looking for you ever since you left, the mean foster mom said and they both were acting weird as if they actually loved and cared about me. But I immediately knew that they were just putting up a show. However, I couldn't figure out the reason why they were doing all that. They even asked and begged me to go with them, but I shut them up and sent them away, saying I would never go with them. Later that day, I suddenly got a call from an unknown number. So I picked it up and asked who it was. And guess who it was? It was Gina, that girl from the party. I had deleted her number that day, so I didn't have her in my contacts. I had not expected that she would call me out of nowhere, but that was not even the surprising part. It was later when she asked to meet me for a date, but I rejected the offer like she had rejected me before. What an unusual and amusing day, I thought, and got back to work, but little did I know, it was just getting started. Again, after some time, my previous roommate John visited me, and he apologized for how he treated me a few years back, and even offered me a place to stay. But I was done with him too, so I sent him away as well. After that, I couldn't focus on my work, as I was left wondering why all of a sudden, all the people who had ever done me wrong in the past were acting all nice and trying to win me over. It didn't make sense to me at all. In fact, it was weird. But right then, Sheila came to the rescue. 
She called me and asked me to meet her at her house right away, as she had something urgent to show me. So, I left all my work and rushed there. When I reached her house, she showed me something that confused and shocked me. She turned the TV on and there was a picture of me from a few years back, and a man was explaining how if anyone was to find me, they were getting a huge sum of money as a reward. Now I get it, I said. What? Sheila asked. Today was so weird. All the people that had done me wrong in the past called me or came to meet me. It was all for the money, I told her. We should call him and ask him what this is all about, Sheila suggested, so we called him. On the phone, the man was so happy to hear from me and asked me to meet him instantly. So Sheila and I took a road trip to the town where I was born to meet the man. Throughout the drive, I was confused and clueless about why the man wanted to see me. But we finally reached him, and the man turned out to be my family lawyer. Aaron, I'm so sorry for the loss of your parents. I'm here to give you access to their will, now that you're 18, he said as he sat us down. Will? I asked as I was confused. I had never thought about it. Your parents wanted to raise you to be humble and kind and understand the hardships of less fortunate families. So while they raised you, they didn't show off as rich, he said. He told me that they were going to let me know about our wealth when I turn 18, but then the accident took them away. After that, he was bound by their wishes to let me know about the money only after I turned 18. They were good people, and they wanted to make you just like them, he continued. He also told me that he was keeping track of the foster homes I was in, but later he started getting busy and assumed I must have been in a good home, so he stopped checking. It was only later that he went to see me in my last foster home six months back. He found out that I had run away. So he tried to find me, but couldn't. So he went to the TV to find me as a last resort. But then Sheila asked the lawyer, So how much money does he have exactly? The lawyer smiled and said, Millions. I couldn't believe what I just heard, so I asked again, Millions? That's right, son. You're a millionaire, he said and congratulated me. Sheila was also very happy for me. But I got so emotional that I wanted to cry. Just a moment before that, I couldn't even afford a room to live in. And suddenly, I had the money to buy 10 houses if I wanted. I felt so grateful towards my parents and my true friends that I couldn't hold back my emotions. So I hugged <laughs> Sheila and cried. The news traveled fast and all of a sudden I was on the news and papers with a title like Guy was a millionaire for years but had no idea. I was approached by many shows and channels to give them an interview about my story, but I didn't like that kind of publicity so I rejected their offers. Gold diggers like Gina were always on my tail and kept on calling and texting me, so I changed my number. With millions in hand, I wanted to make a difference, so first I invested in the garage that gave me a job and a place to stay when I had nothing. After that, I started a business of my own and started training and hiring people in need just like I had needed two years back. I knew what it was like to struggle, so I wanted to help them out. After that, I did something I didn't have the courage to do. I asked Sheila out. She was so happy when I brought that up. I waited for two years. I had thought you would never ask, she said and hugged me. I took her to a fancy restaurant and we had the best dinner. I felt like I could finally give her everything she deserved. Then, a couple of months later, we moved in together. I was so happy helping out the people in need and she was still beside me, helping me in any way she could, just like she did when I had nothing. Thanks for watching. Have you ever learned a secret about yourself that you didn't know before? Let us know in the comments.
Don't forget to subscribe and check out other videos on the channel. So there I was, minding my own business, cleaning the floors when Mr. Fancy Suit walked by and sneered at me. A janitor, huh? Is that the best you could do with your life? I smirked and replied, Well, at least I'm not leaving messes for others to clean up. His words would fuel my journey to show them all just how wrong they were about me. Get ready, because this janitor is about to clean up. And I don't just mean the floors. It all started when I was working at this fancy bank, mopping the floors like it was nobody's business. The bank owner, Mr. Arrogant, approached me with a snobbish grin and said, It must be so sad, being uneducated and having to settle for a job like this. I clenched my teeth and replied, Well, at least I'm not a pompous jerk. But inside, I was fuming. You see, what Mr. Arrogant didn't know was that I had a brilliant mind, and I wasn't going to let his snide comments go unanswered. So, I did what any self-respecting janitor with a vendetta would do. I planned a heist. And boy, was it a good one. With a little bit of research and a lot of hard work, I managed to break into the bank owner's vault, emptying it of its riches without leaving a single trace. And just like that, the smug bank owner got a taste of his own medicine. Who's uneducated now, huh? After successfully robbing the bank, I was enjoying my new wealth when Miss Fake It Till You Make It, a beauty influencer, decided to ridicule me for being a janitor. Her words stung, but it only fueled my desire to prove her wrong. So, I used some of my newfound fortune to create an eco-friendly, honest brand. And guess what? It exploded in popularity, making me even more famous than her. When she tried to score a sponsorship deal with my company, I just smirked. Sorry, we only work with genuine people. The satisfaction was indescribable. Life took a wild turn after that. Suddenly, I was living the high life, surrounded by gorgeous supermodels, attending VIP events, and spending a hundred thousand in a single night without even breaking a sweat. It was a far cry from my janitor days, and I couldn't help but enjoy the sweet taste of success. It's amazing how quickly things can change when you show those snobs who's boss. So this rich dude comes up to me, not realizing I was just dressed as a janitor for fun, missing my old simple lifestyle. He says, Hey, janitor boy, I bet you don't even know how to play poker. Tell you what, you can keep my house and my girlfriend, but if you lose, they're mine. I couldn't help but smirk at his arrogance. As we sat down to play, he kept trash talking me, saying things like, You really think you stand a chance against me? I played poker with celebrities and you're just a janitor. I just smiled and replied, well, you know what they say, cleanliness is next to godliness. We played through the night, and just when he thought he had me cornered, I revealed my winning hand. His jaw dropped and I couldn't help but chuckle. Looks like I just cleaned up, I said with a grin. Instead of taking his money, I decided to take his girlfriend. She rolled her eyes at him and said, I always knew you were a lousy poker player. I'm happy to leave you for someone who knows how to play the game and how to treat people right. As we walked away, I revealed my true identity, leaving the rich guy stunned and humiliated. There I was, wearing my janitor outfit for a charity event I organized, when I found a rich developer who planned to demolish my parents' house to build luxury homes. No way was I letting that happen. I pulled some strings, got involved with the decision-making process, and confronted the developer at a packed city council meeting. My parents' house is more than just a building. It's a home filled with memories and love. I told him, my voice loud and clear. The room went silent, and the developer stared at me, baffled. Who are you? He asked. Grinning, I replied, just a janitor with a heart of gold. 
I turned to the crowd, my voice full of passion. Who here has a home they love? Who here has memories they cherish? Hands shot up all over the room. We can't let this developer take away what makes our city special. Our homes, our community, our memories. The crowd erupted in applause, and people began sharing their stories of love, family, and the homes they held dear. The developer, realizing he was losing the battle, tried to argue his case. Think of the jobs, the economic boost, he shouted. I raised my hand to silence him. We can create jobs without sacrificing our homes and our past. We can build a better future together, without forgetting where we come from. The entire city stood behind me, and the developer had no choice but to back down. Money isn't everything. Sometimes, even a janitor can save the day. One day, I was dining at a fancy restaurant with my gold digger crush, who didn't know about my newfound wealth. I decided to wear my old janitor uniform to see her reaction. As expected, she was all about the glamour, loudly shaming me for not affording the most expensive items on the menu. I played along, pretending to be hurt by her words. But the next day, I pulled up to her place in a brand new luxury car, dressed to the nines. She couldn't believe her eyes. Hey, remember when you shamed me for not affording the most expensive stuff at the restaurant? I asked, smirking. Well, guess who just made a fortune? Her jaw dropped, and she stammered. You? But, but how? I laughed. <laughs> Turns out even a janitor can strike it rich. As I drove away, I could see the regret in her eyes. Little did she know she'd missed out on a fantastic life with a guy who knew the true value of hard work and love. Karma had spoken, and I was loving every minute of it. One day, I was invited to a costume party at my friend's luxurious mansion. The theme was Humble Beginnings, where the attendees were supposed to dress up as someone from their past or a profession they'd done before. I thought it'd be a great opportunity to remind myself of where I came from. So I decided to dress up as a janitor, my old job. As I was helping clean up a spilled drink at the party, a group of spoiled party girls walked by, laughing and pointing at me. Look at this loser, pretending to be a janitor, one of them taunted. Ew, and what's with that cheap outfit, another added. I rolled my eyes and decided to have some fun with them. This cheap outfit you're making fun of is actually a limited edition designer shirt, I said smirking. They didn't believe me, so I challenged them to tear it off and see for themselves. As they reluctantly tugged at my shirt, they couldn't help but gasp at my tone abs. Wow, he's hot, one of them whispered to her friend. And when they saw the designer label, their faces turned red with embarrassment. This is worth thousands of dollars, one of them exclaimed. With a sly grin, I put my shirt back on and continued enjoying the party, leaving the girls in awe, their shallow judgments backfiring on them. They just learned a valuable lesson. Never judge a book by its cover, and always be aware of the context behind people's actions. You won't believe this other crazy thing that happened to me. So, I was at this wild party, and the host suddenly announces a bizarre challenge, sharing an enormous t-shirt with someone for 24 hours. And who do I get paired with? My crush! We wriggled into the t-shirt, feeling all kinds of awkward. Well, this is one way to break the ice, I joked. She giggled, and our initial awkwardness started to fade. We had some of the funniest moments of our lives that day. Picture this. We were trying to squeeze through a doorway and got stuck right in the middle. Maybe if we twist like pretzels, we'll make it, she suggested. As we began wiggling through the tight space. Or we could just moonwalk our way out, I quipped, and we both burst into laughter. Despite the sticky situations, the 24-hour t-shirt challenge turned out to be a blast. 
it actually brought us closer than ever, transforming a potentially cringeworthy experience into a hilarious, unforgettable memory. One day, I was walking around in my favorite vintage jacket when a group of girls started to make fun of it. Hey, nice jacket! Did you find it in the trash? They sneered. I shrugged off their comments, but before I could walk away, a stylish woman approached me. Oh my god! That jacket is to die for! I've been looking for one like this forever! She gushed. I'll give you $2,500 for it right now! The girls' jaws dropped, and they couldn't believe what they were hearing. I smirked, handing over the jacket, and walked away with a fat stack of cash. Another time, this gold digger I knew turned me down for a date just because my t-shirt had a tiny hole in it. Little did she know, it was a limited edition designer t-shirt worth $10,000. After I'd made the fortune and starting living the high life, she came crawling back, full of regret. Oh, I didn't know you were so successful now. Maybe we could give it another shot? She suggested, but I just shook my head and smiled. Sorry, I only date people who appreciate me for who I am, not just my bank account. So, thanks, but no thanks. I walked away, leaving her to wallow in her shallow choices. Sweet, sweet karma. As the years went by, I continued to embrace my newfound success while staying true to my roots. I never forgot the lessons I learned from my humble beginnings as a janitor, and I always made sure to treat others with kindness and respect, regardless of their social status. One day, I decided to host a grand charity event, inviting all the people I had encountered on my journey, the rich and the poor, the influential and the humble, and even those who had once mocked or underestimated me. As the event unfolded, I took the stage and addressed the crowd. Tonight, we celebrate not just my personal success, but the power of resilience and the human spirit. It's not about how much money you have or the designer clothes you wear. It's about the person you choose to be and the impact you have on others. The applause was deafening, and I could see the faces of those who had once belittled me, now filled with respect and admiration. That night, we raised a significant amount of money for charity, giving back to the community and helping those in need. As I looked around the room, I realized that I had achieved the most satisfying ending to my journey. I had not only overcome my own obstacles and found success, but I had also used my influence to make a real difference in the world. And that, my friends, is, is what true success and happiness are all about. Hey there, I'm Jake, just your average 15-year-old boy. Except for one thing, I've been in love with the same girl since kindergarten. Yeah, that long. Her name's Lily. She's got these sparkling blue eyes that remind me of the ocean and a laugh that could make even the grumpiest person smile. That's right, Uncle Scrooge. Put a smile on that face. But enough about her. Let's get to the real story. One day, Lily's dad just up and left. No note, no goodbye, nothing. Just Lily, her two younger sisters, and an empty house. Lily was devastated, but she put on a brave face for her sisters. She was only 15, but overnight, she became a mom, a dad, everything. One day, she came to me, tears streaming down her face. Jake, I need your help. And of course, I said yes. I mean, who could say no to those ocean blue eyes? Ugh. So there I was, a 15-year-old boy trying to be a dad. It was like playing house, but for real. I'd go to school during the day, then head over to Lily's to help with homework, cook dinner, and tuck the girls into bed. It was exhausting, but every time I saw Lily's grateful smile, it was worth it. We had our share of disasters, like the time I tried to make spaghetti and ended up turning the kitchen into a war zone. 
or the time Lily's youngest sister, Bella, decided to give the dog a haircut. But we also had our moments of triumph, like when we managed to fix the leaky faucet all by ourselves, or when Bella finally learned to tie her shoelaces. But just when I thought we had everything under control, my parents found out. They were furious. You can't be playing house with Lily and her sisters, my mom said. But I wasn't playing. This was real life, and I was determined to help Lily, no matter what. So that's the crazy start of my journey, but trust me, it gets even crazier. So make sure you're subscribed and have notifications turned on, because you won't want to miss what happens next. Alright, where were we? Ah yes, my parents had just found out about my double life. They were furious, but I was determined to help Lily and her sisters. So I did what any reasonable 15-year-old would do. I argued with my parents. You don't understand, Mom! Lily needs me! I said, my voice echoing in our living room. Jake, you're just a kid. You can't be responsible for an entire family. My mom replied, her voice filled with concern. But I wasn't backing down. I may be a kid, but I can help. I have to help, I said, my voice firm. After what felt like hours of arguing, my parents finally agreed to let me continue helping Lily. But under one condition, I had to keep up with my schoolwork. So my double life continued. School during the day, playing dad in the evening, it was exhausting. But every time I saw Lily smile, it was so worth it. One day, while I was helping Lily's middle sister Emma with her math homework, Lily pulled me aside. Jake, I, I don't know how to thank you, she said, her ocean blue eyes welling up with tears. Lily, you don't have to thank me. I'm just doing what any friend would do, I replied, my heart pounding in my chest. But before I could say anything else, Lily did something I never expected. She kissed me. It was a brief, sweet kiss, but it was enough to make my heart race. Jake, I... She began, but was interrupted by Bella's loud cry. Jake! Emma's eating crayons! Bella wailed, pulling us back to reality. And just like that, our moment was over. But something had changed. Lily had kissed me. So there I was, juggling school, my double life, and now my feelings for Lily. It was like I was in a circus, juggling flaming torches. But hey, at least it wasn't boring. One day, while I was at school, I received a call from Lily. Jake, I need your help. The landlord is here and he's threatening to kick us out, she said, her voice trembling. I rushed over to Lily's house, my heart pounding in my chest. The landlord was a gruff man with a belly that shook like a bowl full of jelly. You're months behind on rent. If you don't pay up by the end of the week, you're out, he bellowed, his voice echoing in the small apartment. I could say something about the tension in the air being palpable, but that one guy might comment something. So I'll just say the tension was high. Lily, don't worry. I'll figure something out, I said, trying to sound more confident than I felt. And figure something out I did. I took up a part-time job at a local diner, working late into the night. It was exhausting, but every time I handed my paycheck over to Lily, again, it was so worth it to see those eyes. But just when I thought things were starting to look up, I received a call from my school. Jake, your grades are slipping. If you don't improve, you might have to repeat the year, my teacher said, her voice stern. I was at a crossroads. I could either focus on school and risk Lily and her sisters getting evicted, or I could continue working and risk failing the year. It was like I was stuck between a rock and a hard place. But before I could make a decision, Lily pulled me aside. Jake, I can't let you do this. You're sacrificing your future for us, she said, her eyes filled with tears. Lily, I can't just stand by and do nothing. I replied, my voice firm. Jake, there has to be another way, she said, her voice barely a whisper. And just like that, we were back to square one. I was way over my head in this situation. I'd lost hope until overhearing about this local talent competition. 
The prize? A scholarship grant that could cover Lily's rent for a year. I knew what I had to do. I signed up for the competition, deciding to showcase my hidden talent, playing the guitar. I had been strumming tunes in my spare time, a hobby I picked up to distress from all the responsibilities. The days leading up to the competition were a whirlwind. I was practicing day and night, my fingers dancing on the strings. I was determined to win, not for me, but for Lily and her sisters. On the day of the competition, I was a bundle of nerves. The stage was huge, the lights blinding. But when I saw Lily and her sisters in the audience, their faces full of hope, I knew I couldn't back down. And now, please welcome to the stage, Jake! The announcer's voice boomed. I walked onto the stage, so nervous. I took a deep breath and just started playing. The melody filled the room, my fingers moving effortlessly on the strings. The audience was silent, their eyes glued to me. And then, just as I was about to finish my act, disaster struck. A string on my guitar snapped. I watched in horror as it flew into the audience. But before I could apologize, the audience erupted in applause. Bravo! A woman shouted from the crowd. That was the most heartfelt performance of the night! I stood there, stunned, as the cheers washed over me. I had done it! I'd won the competition! But just when I thought things couldn't get any better, the woman who had shouted bravo came up to me. Son, that was a fantastic performance! I run a music school and I think you'd make a great teacher. It's a part-time job. Would you be interested? She asked, a hopeful look in her eyes. And just like that, I'd not only solved our money problem, but I'd also found a way to juggle school and work. Life was going well, until one day, the secret was out. It started with whispers at school, then pointed fingers. And before we knew it, our story was talk of the town. And then the unthinkable happened. Child Protective Services showed up at our front door. We've received a report about your living situation. We need to conduct an investigation, the officer said. I felt like the ground was slipping under my feet. We were about to lose everything, but I wasn't going down without a fight. I decided to go on a live broadcast to tell our story to the world. I was nervous, my hands shaking as I faced the camera. But when I thought about Lily and her sisters, I knew I had to be strong. Good evening, everyone. I began, my voice echoing in the silent studio. My name is Jake, and I'm here to tell you a story. A story about family, about love, and about the lengths we go to to protect the ones we care about. I paused, looking directly into the camera. It's also a story about sacrifice, about stepping up and taking responsibilities that were never meant to be yours, but to accept them anyway because you care. Because you can't stand by and do nothing when the people you love are in trouble. I could feel the intensity of the silent studio, the crew members hanging on to each and every word I'd spoke. At the tender age of 15, I found myself in a role that I was hardly prepared for. I became a father figure to three girls who had been abandoned by their own. I was just a kid myself, but I knew I had to protect them, provide for them. My voice grew stronger, more confident as I continued. We faced challenges. Oh, did we face them. From figuring out how to pay the bills, to dealing with the judgmental whispers at school, to the sleepless nights worrying about what the next day would bring. But through it all, we stuck together. We became our own little family, bound not by blood, but by our shared experiences, by resilience, by love. Tonight I stand before you not as a victim, but as a testament to the power of perseverance, of community, and of unconditional love. Our story is proof that family isn't always about DNA. Sometimes it's about finding the people who accept you, who stand by you, and who fight for you, no matter what. 
So here's to all the unconventional families out there. To the people who step up when others step down. To the heroes who are born out of necessity. This is for you. The response was overwhelming. Messages of support poured in. A GoFundMe page was set up to help us. The community rallied around us. Their kindness and generosity bringing tears to our eyes. But just when I thought things couldn't get any more dramatic, Lily's dad showed up. He had seen the broadcast and decided to come back. What are you doing here? I asked, my voice shaking with anger. I, uh, I came to take my, my daughters back, he stammered, looking around nervously. You lost that right when you abandoned them! I shot back. The crowd that had gathered around us erupted in agreement. They shamed him, told him he had no right to come back after abandoning his family. He left, and this time, I knew he wouldn't be back. In the end, we were allowed to stay together. An elderly woman from our neighborhood, Mrs. Jenkins, offered to legally adopt the girls, so the authorities would leave us alone. We were more than happy to accept. And so, our story concludes, not with a sad ending, but with a new beginning. A beginning filled with hope, love, and a community that turned into a family. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.